live from the Parent Nation studios, it's Parent Nation with Tara Kennedy Klein, the Internet's top talk radio show featuring real talk for real parents, shaken and stirred up with a twist from America's family advocate, Tara Kennedy Klein. Yeah, well, I got a news flash for you, folks. The problem with kids is parents. Excuse me, Cheryl Sandberg, but I'm not leaning in anymore. I'm sick of spilling my martini. (laughs) I'm serious. It's time to put the F word back in parenting. Fun parenting. Oh my gosh, why can't we do this? Why can't we have dance parties in our kitchens? I don't understand. And now, here's your host, Tara Kennedy Clyde. Hello, Parent Nation. Hey, Kelly. Hi, how's it going? One million listeners. That's how it's going. Isn't that rad? (laughs) Parent Nation, one million strong in one month. That's awesome. It's amazing. I am so proud of all of you for for giving a shit about your kids. (laughs) Right. And your parenting. Right. You know, it's, it, I'm so proud and so humbled. I think it's pretty exciting. It That's is. right. That's right, Karina. Woohoo! We've got, we've got texts and tweets and all kinds of stuff woo-wooing because mm-hmm. it's, it's just that doggone exciting. It is. It is. It's a great milestone. It's a great milestone. And we're starting out the month with the most incredible show ever. Mm-hmm. Dad, Dad Day. Day. Dad Day. I love Dad Day. I know. We have a lot of great dads on. We do. We have a lot of great dads, period. Yes. There's a lot of great dads out there. I think we need to focus on them more. Do you know, somebody told me recently that the things that you like and comment on on Facebook are the things that you're going to see more of. So I've stopped liking and commenting on all the tragic stuff because I can't take it. Mm. I'm a very, yeah, I'm like, I'm, I'm a very empathetic person. So when I read stories, bad stories about children being hurt, um, I feel it emotionally and it haunts me. Isn't that kind of strange? Maybe that's why I do the work that I do. Um, but I also spend a lot of time in my child, child mind. You know what I mean? Right. Like I, I kind of like feel what the children must be dealing with. Yeah. And I think that's also what makes me good at what I do. I'm tooting my own freaking horn today, Kelly. How do you like that? Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> so, so I have stopped liking and commenting on the really tragic stuff because I see it, I acknowledge it, and I work towards the parents who want to make it better. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yes. And now you know what you know what people are doing? They're sending them to me. The good and stuff or the bad stuff? The bad stuff. Aww, They're sending it on. to me. They are. They're sending it to me and asking me to comment on it and asking me for my opinions on it. Here's the thing, folks. There are there are parent coaches out there who will say, I'm not going to judge anybody. I don't believe in judging anybody. And then there's me. Um, we can do better. We've proven that we can do better. We can do better. And we don't have to, we don't have to say, oh, don't judge them. No, 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 no. Judge them to the point where you go, that's not acceptable. And if I see that happening, I know that I can step up and say something about it because I know that people are going to say that's not acceptable. That's what I want to create. 
So when I say about the mother who had her seven-year-old arrested, had a cop come to her house and had her seven-year-old put in handcuffs, which was the big conversation this week so far, um, when I say that that was a ridiculously stupid thing to do and it was the wrong choice, don't come on there and tell me that I don't know what I'm talking about. Yes, I do. The child (laughs) did not break the law. (laughs) The child didn't break the law. And here's the thing. It was a black mother and a black child. No talk about the father. And when we are living in a society where black parents have to warn their children exponentially more than white parents have to warn their children about the dangers of police officers arresting them for no good reason, how dare you have your child arrested for not knowing how to do his math and fighting with his teacher about it? How dare you put that in his head? Mm-hmm. So, Judgy McJudgerson, that's me. <laughs> that's what you can call me. Damn it. So there, there's that. So anyway, I'm going to keep this, I'm going to keep this conversation short because for dad day, we're celebrating three dads today because there's, there's so much changing and awesomeness going on in the world today that we had to bring on different dads to talk about all of it. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, and I'm pretty excited about it. So, uh, you know, in a minute, we're going to be talking to my first guest, Brent Almond, who is um, he's the he's the writer for Designer Daddy. Mm-hmm. And he he did something really, really awesome. He took his little boy to the Supreme Court on the day that they announced the equality in marriage law. And that's that's pretty freaking amazing. I can't wait to talk to him about that. And then in our second segment, we're going to be talking to Chris Bernholt, um, who is he's he's dad in charge and he quit his accounting job of 15 years to stay home with his kids and be just an amazing father. And then in our last segment, we're going to be talking to uh, Paul Gilbride who is the founder of Trickle Down Happiness. And um, he is all about helping dads live happy, wonderful, um, transformative lives as dads with their kiddos. So awesome dad day show. But I want it. But I'm really, really excited to, to bring my first guest on. His name is Brent Almond. And um, as I said before, he is the founder of Designer Daddy. He's a graphic designer. He's a writer and he's a dad. And he is also a he's um, a gay man and he's a gay married man. And he was honored as one of the voices of the year at Blog Her in 2014. He sings with the Gay Men's Chorus of Washington and he got to play the sugar plum fairy. I love that. <laughs> but he lives in the suburbs of DC with his husband and their five-year-old son. And, uh, and he took his five-year-old son to the Supreme court the day, um, that they made the gay marriage announcement. So we want to hear all about that and, and how that feels and, and what he hopes to get out of that for his son. Hey, Brent, are you there? I am. How are you? Hi. Uh, well, we're awesome. It's Dad Day. Yeah. <laughs> glad to be here. <laughs> Thank Hi, friends. Hi. We're so glad that you could join us, like, kind of impromptu at the last minute on this for this really super, super timely topic. And congratulations, by the way. Thank, um, thank you for very all, much. To all of us. Yeah, so, that's, that's about what anybody congratulated me. I'm like, well, you know. Let's congratulate everybody. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So you took your five-year-old son out of day camp to go to the Supreme Court on this monumental day. Tell me what you were thinking when you did that. 
Well, I was, you know, I was, I knew it was coming either that day or the Monday um, after, but I, I was getting over a summer cold and I was actually kind of half asleep in bed <laughs> when I started getting all the, the, the notifications on my phone, you know, people putting congratulations and everything. And initially I thought, you know what, I need to get better. I'm just going to have to miss this one. But then I thought, you know, this isn't about me. It's about my son. I mean, I, I've, you know, I've you're already married. This. You're already married. Yeah, I've got so... to live this life, and, and that, you know, um, but this this is a once in a lifetime opportunity for both of us. And so I, you know, I kind of got my shit together and <laughs> went and made another trip to Starbucks and went and got him. Um, and uh, I find that impromptu field trips with a five year old are probably better because you have less less time to talk yourself out of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, but uh, yeah, so we. Um, you know, he loves to ride the Metro, and he was really excited, you know, to go on a field trip and to go to the Supreme Court. And I told him it looked like the Justice League building. And, um, oh, you know, I just explain, I explained to him a little bit, as much as he could understand. Um, you know, I said, we're, he said, why are we going? And I said, well, because um, you know how Daddy and Papa got married last year, and you got to be in the wedding, and it was a lot of fun. And he said, yeah. And I said, well, up until today, there were a lot of mommies that, families with two mommies and two daddies who couldn't get married, um, but today they can, and so we're going down to celebrate. And he's like, oh, so it's like a little party. <laughs> and uh, so, um, yeah, he, you know, he, he got it as much as he could at five years old, and, um, you know, I knew, he'd, I, knew he'd, I knew he'd have fun regardless of how much he understood, and um, just thought it'd be a great thing to, to share with him and show him later that he was there for it. Sure. I mean, my, I have pictures of my grandfather standing in the town square when JFK spoke there. It's, you know, he, mm. my dad doesn't remember it, but we have the pictures of it and it was monumental. It was huge. And so, you know, I, so I get what you mean about him. Maybe he doesn't completely understand what's going on, but at least at the very least he has those awesome memories and, you know, all of those things that he can look back on and say, I was there. I was there when the United States changed that day. And yeah. I love I love that what you were saying about how your son, you realized when you were leaving, um, a, 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 a photographer, a, a TV reporter took a picture of you exiting the building with him and said, you basically said, your son will never know an America like you knew where it was illegal for two people who loved each other to get married simply based on their, their gender. Yeah, and, and and also thinking about the fact that, you know, uh, an, Af- an African-American has been president since he was born, and, you know, the next president may be a woman, and just thinking that by the time he's old enough to vote, having a black president or a female president won't be a big deal, um, and two men or two women getting married won't be a big deal, you know, um, that's, that really made me hopeful for thinking you know, the further we go along, the more this is going to be historical and not problematic. I, I agree with you so much. I mean, there's so much going on right now that people are trying to explain things to their kids that, I, in my opinion, their kids really shouldn't understand you know, at, at such a young age, like the, the religious implications, like that the goofball who said he was going to light himself on fire if this law passed. You know, like why 
why do we put those things into people's space and then expect them to be empathetic to our call? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like people saying, I'm going to get if, – if this goes through, I'm going to get divorced. Well, then that makes you an asshole. It doesn't yeah. make you more right. It doesn't make you change anything. It doesn't make your point more valid. It just makes you a pouty, rock-kicking brat because you – you know, because something happened that you didn't like. And, you know, so I love what you did, the way you explained it. it you know, it's simply a matter of – Two people who love each other are now legally allowed to get married. And when a kid looks at you and goes, what? Why was that a problem? Then you know you're on the right road. Yeah, yeah. And that's yeah, the- it's a, um, you know, this, And there's plenty of other things to deal with on a daily basis with a five-year-old that, um, you know, the bigger issues don't, don't always play into it. You know, like the fact that, I mean, he knows that he's adopted. He knows that he's got two dads, and that's different from a lot of his friends, but... Um, you know, the daily struggles are the same as any other family, you know, like I don't want to eat that for dinner or why can't I take four things for show and sell or, you know, um, <laughs> why do I have no to learn different. how to tie my shoes when there's Velcro? Like, yeah. There's so many things, you know, what's kind of funny. I don't know if it's funny or just weird, but I was thinking about this. I dropped my son off at camp. And um, I was driving home and I was thinking about our conversation today. And one of the things that struck me was my parents were divorced when I was two and they were remarried when I, by the time I was four. So by the time I was four years old, I had two moms and two dads. Mm-hmm. It was extraordinarily difficult to explain to people when I would say mom or mommy that I meant two different people. You know, um, that I called my dad, dad, and my stepdad, Raymond. They felt like that meant that I didn't love him as much. Right. Uh, But it was just, so, I mean, really, when we talk about, when we talk about having, you know, more than one parent of the same gender, my moms basically raised me. My dads were present in my life and I love both of them. My stepdad had nothing to do with my upbringing at all whatsoever. He was never, ever, ever home. And my dad, I saw rarely. But when I was with my dad, I was most, mostly with my stepmom. So I was raised by predominantly my two moms. Right. <laughs> I turned out pretty awesome. Yeah. And, you know, and there's also kind of the, the joke that, that Jesus had two dads. He had Joseph and he had God, you know, so... <laughs> True story. True story. So, you know, I think it's not, I think that we make up, I think up we, I think we make up negative scenarios to kind of push forward our point that we, against things that we're not comfortable with. The fact of the matter is kids are resilient. Kids are going to grow up in whatever environment they're faced with. And unless they're being abused, they're going to be okay. You know, yeah. there, you know, there's no reason to say that a child who grows up with two dads or a child who grows up with two moms is going to be any different than a child who grows up in a situation like me with four parents and, you know, eight sets of grandparents. And, you know, why is that confusing? It's not. It's confusing because we make it confusing because we're trying to fight something that we don't understand or agree with. I think a lot I, of times, too, is, as adults, we're kind of thinking back to what we had 
a hard time with as a kid and kind of amplifying it or, or kind of transferring it onto our kids. Like, oh, I don't want him to ever feel different or left out. Um, and, and, I, and I struggle with that. You know, I remember going on a field trip with him and waiting for the class to, to get ready, and, and one of the kids asked, where's John's mommy? And another kid said, oh, he doesn't have a mommy because she's dead. <laughs> I'm like, oh. no, that's not it. Um, and but you know we talked about it later, and, and you know this this was a, this was when he was four, and the, you know, this four year old kid didn't didn't know what he was saying. He wasn't being malicious, and I doubt he was repeating what his parents said. It was just how his mind was trying to make sense of it. Um, but you know that's not going to scar my kid. And right, you know, if, there's plenty of other things that um, that out there that we need to to work on and and just answer questions as they come up and um, when they're age appropriate and. You know, I think it'll be fine. And I love the way, I mean, so that four-year-old, oh my gosh, we only have two minutes left. Like that four-year-old that said that, did you explain to him the true situation or did you just say, no, that's not it? Um, I'm trying to think. I think, um, I think, you know, I think I just said, no, he just, he asked two dads. Um, oh, cool. That, that's it. And, and, <laughs> and the know, kid they, was probably like, good oh, friends okay. And they've hung out and he knows that now. I don't know where that came from at the time, but, um, you know, it's, you know, kids say the darndest things. Just think. <laughs> right. The parents say the darndest things. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, oh my gosh, I think it's amazing. Um, I think it's amazing what you, what you write about, what you put out there. Um, I love that you make things so simple and as it should be. And I love your openness and your honesty. And I just think that you're doing an amazing job with your son. And I think you're doing an amazing job for parents everywhere. And, um, you know, I know that it's a, it's a good thing for all of us. But again, you know, congratulations for, you know, I know that you can celebrate what you should have been able to celebrate decades ago. You know, my sister is now planning her wedding, which she couldn't do before. And so for her and her fiance, I say congratulations, too. And I look forward to a world where we don't give a shit about things that don't harm us. We celebrate the things that make us happy and and share love. So thank you so much, Brent, for being part of the show. And when we come back from this break, we're going to talk to Chris Bernholt, who is the uh, dad in charge when we come back from this break. Homeschooling? Have questions? Get your pen and paper ready. It's the sociable homeschooler, Vivian McNinney. Fridays at 5, 4 central on toginet.com. After a handsome blue-eyed Texan fell in love with Vivian at the Victoria Station in London, she found herself at DFW Airport with a tiny suitcase and a snazzy little duffel bag. Well, 25 years later, she is now happily married to that blue-eyed cowboy. They have four grown children, ages 24 to 18, who became willing guinea pigs when she unwittingly stumbled upon the world of homeschooling. Wildflower Academy flourished for 15 years. They survived and thrived, and you can too. Vivian will be covering a wide range of issues that face homeschoolers. What do you do with kids in the summer? How to set up your one-room schoolhouse? How obedience is paramount? And what to do with those snakes? Plus, you'll be sharing ideas and insights that she gleaned from other homeschoolers. So join us for an engaging hour with a sociable homeschooler. Vivian McNinney, Friday afternoons at 5, 4 central on toginet.com. Join us every Monday at 10 a.m. Central for the Johnny Rowland News, Guns, and Motorsports radio show with commentary about current events, guns, shooting, and firearms issues, automotive and motorsports features, 
and special music presentations. Johnny is recognized as an international firearms authority and ballistic engineer, as well as an accomplished and widely recognized automotive designer and longtime TV and radio host. This program draws on Johnny's experience in shooting, motorsports, and as a professional entertainer musician. Don't miss Johnny Roland News, Guns, and Motorsports. Infotainment at its best. Trust us on this one. It's a fun show. Every Monday morning at 10 a.m. Central, right here on the Toginet Radio Network. Welcome back to Parent Nation with Tara Kennedy Klein, the Internet's top talk radio show featuring real talk for real parents. Clean my house? <laughs> it's time to clean their house. You know what it means if my house is clean? I have big closets and a broken computer. Shaken and stirred up with a twist from America's family advocate, Tara Kennedy Klein. And now, back to the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. I am like, Kelly, there are so many things that I wanted to talk about <laughs> during that first segment. But anyway, um, I want to thank Brent for being, uh, for coming into that first segment with just like a shorter amount of time and, and talking about his, um, his honesty and his truth and, and where he's taking his son. And I just think it's a beautiful thing. Um, so thank you so much. And you can check him out on designer daddy. I didn't get to say that is his blog. So, um, our next guest is, uh, a dad. He, he was an art educator for 10 years in Chicago. And then he moved away and resigned as a teacher to stay home with his kids. And he's been a stay at home dad since 2008. And every time I talk about that, I always think about like daddy daycare. That makes me laugh. But anyway, um, he's, he has a blog called dad in charge, which focuses on the creativity and knowledge it takes to raise children, which we all know it takes a, a shitload. He is a board member of the national at home dad network, and he's the blog editor for them also. And he's also the co-founder of the Philly dads group, which is a social group for dads um, close to where I live here in Philadelphia and where he lives with his three kids and his wife, Susie. So Chris Bernholt. Hey, Chris, how you doing? Hey, how's it going? It's going well. You know, technology is really kind of ticking me off today because this is. <laughs> it must be been, all that rain we got last night. It must be. It's crazy. And then we're getting like these pop up storms, whatever. So, yeah, tornadoes. Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, to, tsunamis and shit. You know, Philly, you never know. It's, <laughs> it's just like craziness. So, you live in a suburb of Philadelphia. I do. You don't, you don't actually live in the I. I live in a in a distant suburb of Philadelphia. Actually, I don't live near Philadelphia at all. I'm like an hour and a half away, but nobody knows where I live, so I just tell them I live in a suburb of Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> it's all in the general general area. You know what? It's the Pennsylvania side that doesn't root for the Steelers, and that's all you need to know. <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. I don't root for either of them, but anyway, I'm a Saints fan. Well, I'm, I'm a bear. I'm from Chicago, so I'm a Bears fan. Oh, the Bears. That's right. That's pretty awesome. So tell us about um, you. You wrote this. You wrote this blog post a year ago about how much you hate playdates. I hate playdates, too, which is probably why I was drawn to the post. So tell us about. So now it's a year later. 
tell us how you still feel or how you feel now. I still, I still despise the word. It's probably, um, I just hate saying it. You know, when I invite someone over, I just want to say, just do your kids hey. want to play with my kids? I don't even want to say play date. You know, do you it just, just want to hang out weird. right? with your kids and if my kids? If we could kids. call it anything else other than play date, I would be happy. <laughs> uh, and, and in fact, like in Australia, they, they call it um, like a, a catch-up. A catch-up? Yeah, they call it a catch-up. That's what we put on everything in Philly. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> meetups. So, Adults uh, have so, meetups. Yeah, I, I mean, my post was basically about um, over, like the overscheduling uh, of the kids. And my issue is more about um, overscheduling the play that's happening during a play date. Mm. Um, started because of a mom who had my daughter over and um, had everything, had all the activities planned for the day Ew. and had a schedule and everything. Um, so I'm more about uh, have your kids come over. They can play with my kids and you go and have fun. And whatever you come up with, if you, that means you go outside and you play with a stick. Uh, I'm good with that. Or, you know, play dress up or whatever you're going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, it should be about the creativity that they come up with with their imagination. Oh, my gosh. Could you imagine? Now, <laughs> and here's what's funny. When when we think about that, the first term that comes to mind is my loathed term of all time, which is free range. Yeah. That's that's for chickens. <laughs> that's chickens. Like I lived on a farm. Seriously, we had free range chickens. And <laughs> so I can't stand I like picture putting kids out in like a paddock and like throwing right. grain at them and being like, there yeah, you go. Throw, you would be throwing goldfish in there, you know, <laughs> and those little Teddy Grahams. <laughs> right. Here's a juice pouch. Don't let it hit you in the head. Those straws are sharp on the end. I I totally know. I couldn't. I hated playdates with a passion because it never failed that whoever's house it was at, that kid was going to hoard all the toys and all the fun. And then there was going to be a fight and I was going to feel like crap and I was going to take my ball and go home. And it (laughs) it never worked out well for anyone ever. I don't don't like playdates either. I think they're redonkulous. Yeah, well, I think a lot of the, um, the people who agreed with me are the people who, you know, you've probably had a bad experience at some point where you were over at someone's house and, like, what you uh, described, uh, you know, you had a bad, you know, the bad seed kind of thing. And then mm-hmm. your kids don't necessarily want to play with them again. So, you know, how do you break that off? You know, how... How do you break up with your, you know, your friend? <laughs> with your play group, your you have kid. to move. Yeah, so <laughs> you have to difficult. move from Chicago to Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you move away. <laughs> you have to move far, far away. So, do you find that more dads relate to that concept than moms? Because I find moms are really kind of addicted to the play date. Um, I, I mean, I know a lot of uh, dads who who do like play dates. And I mean, since I wrote the post, anytime anyone mentions a play date, you know, on Facebook, I get tagged. (laughs) Oh no, Chris is going to get upset about the play date. Um, That's fine. If you want to go on a play date, that's, 
that's cool. Go on a play date. <laughs> but uh, uh, I think you either love it or you hate it. Yeah, I think we need to go back to like Tupperware parties. <laughs> I think I think that was like those were the original play dates. And, you know, we just like passed them off because we weren't supposed to collect in groups like that. So and we said, oh, well, we're going to go to this woman's house and buy plastic and burpee lids. And um, and the kids are going to play together. And that's how that started. I just yeah, I, come I, over to me. my house and play so I can sell you stuff. Exactly. And it still isn't that, works that, isn't that way, what by the all way. those jewelry, um, what are those called? Stellar MLMs, multi-level, multi-level marketing <laughs> party plans. Yep, that's pretty much the right. same thing. I think we need to get but get those back. They're going like they're going online now, though. So yeah. I, I think we need to bring those back. If for nothing else, then the uh, the camaraderie of sitting in somebody's house and buying stuff that we don't need. <laughs> But getting together with our kids. So you, you're part of the National At Home Dad Network, which I think is awesome. I didn't even know there was such a thing. Yeah, a lot of people don't. They would say, you're part of what? Stay at home dads (laughs) uh, together, organized in some sort of way. Right. Uh, When I was uh, in mom's club, we had one dad. We had one token dad. (laughs) And he did everything difficult. Like he opened all the jars. He killed all the bugs. That's why we allowed him entry into our group. We have we have a special skill set when it comes to that sort of stuff. It's true. It's absolutely true. So yeah. the the so, dad. So we Netflix. have a we have an annual convention that happens um, in different cities around the country. Uh, this year it's going to be in Raleigh, North Carolina. Awesome. And um, we last year had 108 uh, attendees, which was our biggest. Um, attended event. Uh, this year is the 20th annual uh, convention. Okay. So it's been happening for 20 years. 20 years and you had 108 people. Yeah. Yep. Uh, okay. What are we going to do about that? Well, because that's we're, got we're hoping change. that this year is going to be twice as big as last year. What would you have to do to make it 10 times as big? Because well, I, th- I think the main the main reason is uh, why it's why it's smaller is because most stay at home dads you stay at home dads aren't making money right so in some situations they don't have uh, their spouse doesn't have enough money to support them going on a trip things like that so we offer a, a scholarship fund uh, which we raise by selling our dads don't babysit T-shirts. And we use that money to fly people from all over the country to attend the convention who don't have the means to to do that. Okay, so then let me let me put this into a different perspective. How many members do you have? Do you have a number for members? um, I would say there are. uh, I mean, if we're counting all of the stay-at-home dads in the world, one point two (laughs) million. Wow. Uh, but as far as on the Facebook page and, and things like that, there's we have about 4,000 people who are part of a group um, who support the, the network. What kind of stuff do you guys do? Um, during the convention, we um, have opportunities with uh, – we have 
like this year, we have a CPR certification class. We talk about home safety. We talk about marriage. Uh, last year, we had a panel with uh, wives of stay-at-home dads um, sharing their experience. Um, we talk about mental health, which is a big thing with stay-at-home dads. A lot of us uh, suffer from depression because it can be isolating. Um, so we offer stuff like that. How to start a dad group, um, how to start a dad blog, um, lots of stuff like that. So do you guys have like picnics and get togethers and like local stuff? Yeah. So when I moved here from upstate New York, I tried to join a mom's group and was not admitted because I was a, was a guy. See, Um, see, uh uh-huh. You had to go in there and kill a bug and open a jar as soon as you walked in the door. <laughs> if I knew there was some kind of, you know, I could have done feats of strength or something for them uh, mm-hmm. to get admitted, maybe. Chin-ups would have been awesome. <laughs> I should have brought my own bugs and let them loose. And then, See, but, now we're yeah, talking. I'm valuable. Mm-hmm. I am also a parent. <laughs> <laughs> Watch me change this diaper and squash this bug at the same time. Right, Ooh, right. Ah. So, so here's the thing I, I hear you saying, and I've heard so many dads, I mean, we, this, we do this show once a month. So I've heard a lot of dads talk about how a lot of stay at home dads suffer from depression and isolation. And it's, and it's so true and it's so horrible that we don't acknowledge that more. And here's the thing, women, those moms groups, they meet like three times a week. Yeah. That's how we get away from our isolation and loneliness. Right. So that's, a lot of us drink wine, which is what helps with the depression, but that's beside the point. We do yeah. a lot of gathering together. Right. So that's why I started my own dad's group in Philly. And, uh, you know, I organize events for dads. And it does, you don't have to be a stay-at-home dad. You can be any dad, a working awesome. dad. You know, a a single dad, we all get together and we have dad's night out so we can blow off some steam without the kids. During the week, the stay-at-home dads get together, have play groups, uh, and then we do uh, family events on the weekends. I love that. And that's called Philly Dads Group. Philly Dads Group. I'm going to have to come out and see you guys because I think that's awesome. And I would love... I would love to see more connection and camaraderie and acceptance of this kind of um, group, organization, affiliation. I, you know, we, we are so ingrained in stereotyping. This is what dads do. You know, dads watch sports with their hands down their pants and, you know, they uh, occasionally play with the kid if they're throwing them a ball and moms do everything else. And it's so not accurate. It's so not true. You know, dads are nurturing. Dads are caring. Dads want to be involved. And we need to support that more. I really think that we do. And we need to support it from a distance. And I think that's the thing that's scaring so many, you know, I think that that dads have been raised. Isn't that a funny way to say it? I think dads have been raised to not trust their own instincts because they, they have moms over their shoulders going, Oh no, that's not right. Oh no, don't do that. Oh, that's ridiculous. Oh, why would you have done that? And that's the kind of thing that we need to get dads 
on retreats. We need to get dads, you know, hanging out together with their kids, doing dad things and not making ridiculous movies that make them look like schmucks with, you know, Kelty packs on. It's, you know, yeah. So I love what you're doing. A lot lot of that happens in the media, you know, how we're portrayed in the media. Um, Some brands see that as an opportunity because I think, like you said, in Brent's segment, that the culture is changing around, you know, around so many things. And especially mm-hmm. with dads, uh, we're more involved, you know, than we ever have been. So I think it's important for people to kind of get on board with, with how that's changing. I would love to find a way to, um, to increase that convention size from a hundred to as many, moms as you would get as at a multi-level marketing convention, which is 5,000, you know, 10,000, you know, if we can find a way for moms to go and do these things for their own personal enrichment, um, I don't understand why we can't find a way for dads to do it too. And I think that it starts with sponsorship. I'm going to coach you on marketing right now, (laughs) but, but I, but I think it starts with high level corporate sponsorship. So I'm going to come out and see you guys in Philly because I really want to, I love what you're doing and and I want to support it in any way that I can. And I know that I'm a mom, but maybe I can like bake a pie and you'll let me in. Oh, (laughs) no, we, 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 uh, we want moms to come too. You know, it's not just, can't just have dads there without moms. We embrace everyone. Uh, we love that. Thank you so much, Chris. I had a great time with you today. And when we come back from this break, we're going to talk to Paul Gilbride, who is the founder of Trickle Down Happiness. The proud owner of an adorable, soft, cuddly, sweet-smelling, smiling, cooing, hungry, tired, gassy, screaming little bundle of joy. So now what? Where's the owner's manual for this thing? Where are my instructions? Right here. It's baby and toddler instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. Infant care specialist Blythe Lipman has worked with babies for over 20 years and works extensively with new parents providing workshops, in-home visits, tips, and daily phone calls to ease those frazzled nerves. With baby and toddler instructions, you can get the advice you need on how to survive and enjoy your baby's first year. For more information on Blythe and how she can help you, go to babyinstructions.com. From 32 ways to stop a baby from crying to 14 ways to get a baby to eat and so much more. It's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. Ladies and gentlemen, tune in every Monday night during the debut episode of Paranoia Texas at 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern. And you will get a chance to win some very cool prizes from McDonald's, Walmart, Geek World, Red Petal Salon, and so much more. All you have to do is listen for the cue, and when you hear this music, call in. That's every Monday night at 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern, and win those cool prizes. In today's business world, a helping hand or idea that doesn't come with an invoice is a treasured find. And if that happens to you, then you need to pay it forward to keep other entrepreneurs from making mistakes or getting a raw deal. It's called Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi. Wednesday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central. Josephine is going to have the guests describe their accomplishments, the lessons they've learned, both good and bad, and then sharing those pieces of knowledge as we create a movement of Paying It Forward. 
For more information about Josephine, her business, and background, you can go to MyMomKnowsBest.com. Josephine Jirasi has always been a problem solver. She saw this need and has turned it into a movement. It's paying it forward with tips, tools, and advice, and hard lessons learned. These pieces of knowledge can make a huge difference for you, your business, and others. So join us for Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi, Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m., 9 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Parent Nation with Tara Kennedy Klein, the Internet's top talk radio show featuring real talk for real parents. Clean my house? <laughs> it's time to clean their house. You know what it means that my house is clean? I have big closets and a broken computer. Shaken and stirred up with a twist from America's family advocate, Tara Kennedy Klein. And now, back to the show. Hey, Parent Nation. Welcome back to the show. I can't believe that we are already in our third segment of an awesome dad day. Such great guests we had today. Um, And I want to also remind everybody that Chris Bernholtz's website or his blog is called Dad in Charge. So definitely check him out. He's got a lot of cool stuff going on. My next guest is uh, Paul Gilbride, and he is the founder of Trickle Down Happiness, which he started in 2014. And it's, it's basically dedicated to helping dads live happy, fulfilling, passionate, and purposeful lives, which we hear so much about moms, but we very rarely hear that same sentiment attached to dads. And he believes that building relationships with ourselves and striving to come become our best provides a trickle-down effect that positively impacts our kids, our spouses, our friends, and ultimately the world. Um, he is a recovering CPA who gave up his 15-year career to stay at home with his two kids. And in the process, he found his true calling in life, which is a certified life and energy leader and master practitioner. So, Paul, welcome to the show. Hi. Hi, Tara. Thanks for having me on. That's a, you pretty much summed everything up. I'm not sure I'm going to have anything else to add. After that okay, awesome great show. Well, thanks for being on. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for no, being here. I am here. so excited <laughs> to be on. That's awesome. So you, a lot of what you're talking about um, is really echoing what we've heard from the first two dads. I mean, you know, we, we were talking to um, Brent about how I, he, now he and his spouse have been married for a while, but now the they've passed laws that allow us to be happy and and legal and fulfilled as families regardless of our gender which is ultimately going to lead us to raise happier more fulfilled children in the process regardless of what anybody says and we talked to Chris who is leading a a charge for dads to connect in the same way that women have been connecting forever to find our passion and purpose and fulfillment. And so I really see a lot of, I see the tide shifting when it comes to how we speak in terms of parenting from a father's perspective and how we're allowing dads to be happy and fulfilled and passionate in their role as parents, not just providers and bug killers. (laughs) Well, I've, I couldn't agree more. I, I listened to Brent and Chris, and um, who did phenomenal interviews, and and I know Chris a little bit. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, the reality is, is that I, I 
am not a big fan of any type of stereotype. And when I became a stay-at-home dad after 15 years of being in corporate America, um, you talked a lot about the depression. And, you know, there's clinical depression, and then there's depression brought on by by circumstance and the isolation and the struggle with masculinity and all these different expectations that are put on a man um, when he is in a role that is not normally asked of him to be a parent, um, Mm -hmm. it can be overwhelming because you start to question yourself and you don't know if you're really providing for your family and you start falling into what everybody thinks about what you're doing, and, you know, the reality is um, you're doing what one of the most important jobs you can possibly do, and I think if you step back and and just eliminate all the noise from all the outside sources and really come to grips with what you believe and what's important to you, that's when you're going to thrive as a parent, and I would say that for, for women as well, where we're all the same. Um, the best we can be is going to mean that we're being the best for all the people around us. So um, that's kind of the philosophy I built my company on. I love that. I think it's so valuable and true. I think that a lot of what moms and dads face as far as Um, you talk about the stereotypes, it's easy for moms to be stereotypically parenty because that's what society has told us our whole lives we're supposed to do. And so I think that I almost feel like in some way, some moms, not all moms, certainly, but some moms look at it like, well, if my husband is too good at this, then it'll make me be feel less than because this was supposed to be my gift, you know, the mom. Oh, no, yeah, there's no doubt about it. I mean, it's it's no different than, you know, I've been, I've been golfing since I was 16 years old. I mean, there's nothing more frustrating than going out with someone who it's their second time out and they beat you, you know, you're, <laughs> you're the one who's supposed to be. And, and I, you're, you're absolutely right. And I, again, it's not all women, but I think there's a part of, you know, the segment that is very reluctant to uh, bring in a stay-at-home dad into their mom's groups or, um, you know, I think you're right. They defend what they are meant to be, and if someone takes that away from them, that strips their identity. And, again, it goes back to you. It's it's their own insecurity with who they are and what they bring to the table that ultimately when you – develop that and develop yourself and become comfortable with who you are, then none of that crap matters. And I, I learned that as a dad. I mean, when we've all been to the restaurant or the coffee shop where our three or four year old is having a fit and we're embarrassed and you start to, it, when, when the dust settles and you think about why was I so upset with my kid? This is a three or four year old kid. This is what they do. You realize it's, it's your own crap. You're worried about people don't think I'm a good parent. And especially as a dad, you feel like you have to live to this expectation of, because everybody's always looking at you as well, typical dad. He doesn't know how to handle his kid or whatever. It's all about you. Once I was able to stop and say, you know, this is my three or four year old kid. If someone else can't handle it, then, 
that's a them problem, not a me problem. And as soon as you start reframing um, your life in, in those kind of terms, it changes everything. And that's why I talk about building the relationship with yourself because ultimately it all comes down to, you know, how happy are you with you? And when you are, you're going to blow the doors off of everything you do, and that includes parenting. So I have to ask you, is this is that a new mindset for dads? Because moms, we, they've, we've been drilling this into each other's heads for a decade. Which mindset exactly? That it's all, it to? all starts with you and your happiness. Well, I think it's a, it's not a new mindset. I mean, you can go back to early Greek times and there were philosophers who, who preached a very similar philosophy. Um, you know, I, I just think it's a, it's a new mindset to the world in general. And I do think there is some momentum um, for that because I think we're overloaded now with expectation and, you know, you, Every second of your life, virtually, I've got a 17-year-old son and a 15-year-old daughter. They Every second of their life, they are getting feedback on who they are through social media, through television, through radio, through everything. And I think we're hitting a point where we're so overloaded that we are retreating back into ourselves and asking ourselves, who am I and what makes me tick and how can I get comfortable with that? despite all the noise around me. And mm. so I, I think that, you know, some of the, the evils of, or, or what people would present as the evils of um, social media and so forth have driven some people inside. And I, and I think there is a movement towards, hey, I'm going to become who I was meant to be and become the best I can be. And that that's my gift to the world. And that's good enough because I am good enough. And you know, I just think of it. I'm very idealistic, obviously, you can tell. And I just think if everybody, if everybody became what they were meant to become and just worked on who they were, mm-hmm. you know, we'd, we'd eliminate so much of the stereotyping and uh, whether someone's gay or straight or, you know, all that stuff is, is really just a perpetuation of people's insecurities. Oh, a thousand percent. Absolutely. Do you do you think that dads look at the whole um, self help genre as foo foo? Do you think that's why um, they have I a hard time? Men with? men are much more reluctant. In fact, I was talking to my wife this morning. Um, I have a pretty strong following on my Trickle Down Happiness Facebook page, and you can get demographics um, behind that. And eighty six percent of my followers on trickle down happiness are women and 14 percent are men and i don't that doesn't surprise me at all um, because one of the huge um one of the huge barriers of how we have defined masculinity is this whole um you know men refer to it as touchy feeling you know in fact i've i've heard men when you mention the national at-home dad network and going to that convention which, by the way, I am a sponsor of. I'm not the high-level corporate sponsorship you are talking about, but it's going to have to be good enough for them. <laughs> if, you're, 
Um, but <laughs> anyway, my, my point is, um, you know, part of that masculinity definition is not having feelings. And to me, that's, you know, we're, <laughs> feelings are what make us ultimately human beings. And so you can, you can deny that you have feelings, but they're there. And, and it just logically to me, if you're not enhancing or dealing with or um, incorporating feelings, which are a inherent human trait into who you are, then you're not becoming the best person you can be, man or woman. Um, I, and I, men have been taught to, you know, anger is fine. Anger is a feeling. That's great. Men can have anger. Mm-hmm. They can't have anything else. Well, right. how screwed up is that? Right. And that's, I mean, talk about your trickle down effects, you know, that's, that's one of the biggest things that we see is, you know, if a little girl falls down and scrapes her knee, we're like, oh, honey, let it out. I know it hurts. The little boy does the same thing. And we're like, oh, come on, suck it up. You're safe. Move on. Brush it off. Rub some dirt on it. Uh, Mm -hmm. Whatever the, I'd love to know where that phrase came, but, but you're right. You're absolutely right. And we're taught that from a young age. And um, so it's hard to change. Um, it's it's hard to dig inside and and erase some of what we're taught at a very young age because our parents and our teachers and all had unbelievable intentions. They loved us just like we love our kids. Um, but we passed, you know, some of our baggage on. And I think part of our job as adults is to look inside and say, okay, where did I develop some of these beliefs and, and, you know, how believable are they now that I can make my own decisions and see the world the way it is instead of the way I was taught it is. So let me ask you a question um, because we only have like three minutes till the end of the show. But as far as things like the, I know, right. As far as things (laughs) like the, the, the stay at home dads network and the, you know, the national dads network and, and all of these things that are coming around stay at home dads and, and to support them, there's very low attendance at all of them. I mean, I've spoken to a lot of people that are starting these kinds of programs and the attendance has traditionally started and stayed very low. Do you think that there's something to feeding into the stereotypes at first to get the attendance up? Um, feeding into the stereotypes. Um, mm-hmm. Well, I think, first of all, Chris addressed some the major issues. Some is financial. Some is the, oh, I don't want to go and have everybody hug me and tell me I'm doing a good job. Some of it is that mm-hmm. masculinity effect that, people um we you know what what i think with the stay-at-home dad is maybe we maybe we should look at a, a broader audience and look at dads in general and because part of the part of the problem is dads judge other dads and if you're a working dad um and versus a a, a dad who chose to stay at home with his kids um, there's a lot of judgment between that and you're not considered a provider and you're not. And so I think we need to mend the relationship between dads and dads, so to speak, and maybe invite dad, you know, dads that maybe are split the duties with their wife or, or whatever to 
to expand that awareness and expand people's participation in because then you take some of the financial out of it and you also again create this community where dads are dads whether you're staying at home whether you're working we all have the best for our families in mind and there shouldn't be any judgment and we should be supporting each other and perhaps that would be something I would look into as, as maybe expanding um, some of the attendance at these at-home specific dad conferences. Wow. I love that. I think that's a pretty awesome idea. I think that would get more sponsors involved because now you're talking about a completely different demographic of sponsors. Wow. I think we've just solved the problem. <laughs> and with 30 uh, seconds well, to good. spare. <laughs> good. I can go back to bed now. I've done <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, that's more than I normally accomplish in a day. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, Paul, thank you so much for being on our show today. And everybody, Parent Nation, check him out. It's Trickle Down Happiness LLC. Definitely check him out. And Parent Nation, check out our Unplugged for Families pledge that we have going on right now on our Facebook page. If you're frustrated with technology and you want to reconnect with your family again, Join the pledge. Take the pledge. It's free, and it, there's a lot of support on our Facebook page. Until next week, everybody, keep playing. Parent Nation, why do we keep calling this the hardest job on the planet? Why don't we just appreciate the gift that we're given and try calling it?